1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: So thank you to a a good Samaritan out there who called us before I even had a chance to Google it. Uh, Miami is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa State. Sports Bomber is so negative. He was trying to say Miami's an underdog again, although it wasn't really Sports Bomber's fault because he he was watching ESPN and all the bracketologists were really just Miami haters. They're wolves sh- wolves in sheep's clothing. Were having Iowa State advancing in their brackets. Uh, I'm sure they had USC advancing. And then they had Auburn advancing. Now they have Iowa State advancing. Even when Miami wins the tournament, they'll still be making excuses for why somebody else should have won. They're a bunch of losers. I you hope know Miami breaks
0: more, breaks as many brackets as Bane breaks Batman's back.
2: <laughs> yeah, these are all people who are so bitter because you know Kentucky uh, broke their brackets when they lost to St. Peters in the first round. So now they they just want to create. Total, total chaos. Let's bring on our first guest of the evening. This guy does a fantastic job covering recruiting, covering the Canes. Uh, he also has uh, the Storm Surge pod and Through the Smoke. Uh, and I know he can talk some basketball with us as well because the Canes are playing so well. Gabby Yerudia from 24-7 Sports. Gab- Gabby, good evening to you, my friend. And I-, I know another Miami guy like yourself, you must be enjoying this tournament run so far.
3: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's been exciting, you know, just watching Miami sort of go on these runs, and uh, you know just watching them play defense, man, it's just you know it jacks me up. Uh, definitely, you know, born and raised down here, so to watch them do all this stuff is it's been really really cool to watch. And just I was here bouncing around my apartment at like ten like ten thirty last night. My wife was just so confused. So it's been fun that Miami <laughs> basketballs brought that out of me.
2: Now be honest with me, because I will admit. I didn't think they were going to beat Auburn. I thought they would give them a fight. I did think they would beat USC, so I had the first upset correct. I didn't think they would beat Auburn. Uh, did you think they would get it done last night, or were you just pleasantly surprised?
3: Oh, no, I did not think they were going to get it done last night. I did have them beating USC. I mean, Auburn's been the best, one of the best teams in the country for a lot of the year, you know? I mean, Jabari Smith, they're talking about him being a potential first overall pick. Uh you know, a good friend of mine actually picked uh, Miami to advance in the tournament, and I was just like, you're crazy, dude. Like, Auburn's just really good. So to watch Miami get after it last night and, you know, watch that group just, you know, play so gritty was just so was so awesome. And, you know, it was definitely a pleasant surprise to me. We're joined here
2: by Gabby Arudia, 24-7 sports inside the U. Just does an awesome job covering recruiting down here. Uh, so, I, I, first of all, and obviously I know we're we're a long way away from this, but we project recruiting sometimes multiple years in advance. So, looking forward to the class of 2023, what are you seeing so far and how strong of a class are you expecting Cristobal to bring in next year?
3: Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a really good job. You know, the commitment numbers are are not big, you know, just two right now in the class of 2023. But, man, these guys have just done an absolutely incredible job of, of really just getting elite talent on campus. I mean, really, that's just where it starts. It's just giving, giving themselves the chance to sell the program to some of the nation's best. I mean, we're just talking about, you know, some of the top recruits and, you know, two guys from the state of Alabama, which is absolutely loaded in this uh, class of 2023, are actually in Coral Gables right now. We're talking about a five-star defensive lineman, James Smith, and another guy we, we put in our top 247 in Jaquavius Russaw. Um, You know, so James Smith is the number two defensive lineman in the country. Earlier, you know, during Miami's first week of spring practice, they held, they hosted the number one defensive tackle in the country. So, top two defensive linemen have already visited Miami this spring. I mean, they've just done an incredible job of just creating so much excitement around the program, Uh, getting talent from all across the country to come down and, and, you know, just sort of check out what they got going on in Coral Gables. You know, I mean, Mario Cristobal's just. I really feel like he's the guy for this, for this job. And, you know, just kind of looking back at his history and what he's done at Oregon, I mean, expecting a top 10 class, I don't think is, I don't think is expecting too much. You know, I think that if you talk to people, you know, inside Coral Gables and, you know, in a, in a closed space, I mean, I think some of those guys would feel like, you know, this could potentially be a top five class. I think there's a lot of confidence that they can, you know, attract some of the best talent from across the United States. Um, you know, definitely want to hammer home South Florida, you know, Miami-Dade, Broward County, which is littered with talent like any other year. But, you know, these guys have a national approach and they want to go all to all corners of the country to, to find big time talent. And that's exactly what they're doing.
2: Yeah, and I know that w- with recruiting, there, there are so many different factors and certain things are going to be more important to some kids than others, right? Whether it be, you know, the school being in Miami, which is a place most people want to be in, especially during your college years, right? I mean, when you, you know, NIL is a factor now and Miami, of course, has had some boosters, especially the Ruiz family that are really stepping up in a big way. Uh, facilities, which you know, M- Miami is not up to par with with some other schools, but the facilities are constantly getting better. But then uh, another big thing for me is, and, and obviously, when you have high quality coaches, uh, they're probably also very skilled recruiters as well. But I've got to think about this too. Like if I'm considering playing at Miami and I look at the types of coaches that I'm going to be working with, I, I, I mean, I've I've got to know that they're going to make me better, Gabby, because I know that over the years with some of the staffs Miami has had the player development has just not been there, right? Like, during some of the Al Golden years, the Manny Diaz years, like, you're always wondering, how is it they can get top 25 recruiting classes, but they never finish a season in the top 25? That tells me there's a disconnect with development. Nowadays, if I'm thinking of going to Miami, I know I'm going to be, you know, hands-on with some of the best coaches in the country.
3: Yeah, and aside from that, you know, definitely, I mean, three guys on the staff that have Power 5 head coaching Experience, you know, between uh, Mario Cristobal, Charlie Strong, and Kevin Steele, who had a brief stint at Baylor back in the day. I mean, just big-time coaches all over, really all over the roster. I mean, Alex Mirabal definitely considered one of the top offensive line coaches in the country. Josh Gaddis, you know, reigning Broyles Award winner. I mean, there's just there's just so much talent, so much experience. Um, you know, just genuinely good people that value building relationships and, you know, definitely understand the importance of recruiting and, and what Miami can be. And, if you know, if you do get that recruiting thing rolling and you're able to stack these classes on top of one another, because, you know, you can sign a top recruiting class one year. But if you don't follow that up with another recruiting class and, you know, you sign one top linebacker, you don't follow that up with another top linebacker. I mean, you just you stretch yourself a little bit thin. So these guys definitely understand that. And another thing, you know, they're able to sell is just the, the whole commitment from the university. You know, there's, you know, with Dan Radikovich who came over from Clemson and, you know, just people opening up the checkbooks and, you know, there's a, there's a financial commitment to the program like none other. And that's going to lead to, you know, renovated facilities and upgrades across the – that'll benefit the football program, that'll benefit all of Miami athletics. I mean, there it just seems to be a complete buy-in, like one we probably – I mean, at least in my lifetime um, – I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. So I think that there's a chance that you know Miami football is going to be run like a you know like a big boy college football program. I mean, if that's right. the standard that they're trying to set for themselves, there's a there's a way that it needs to there's a way that it needs to be with you know with the money and the backing and the facilities and all those types of things. And it seems like uh, Dan Radakovich understands that the University of Miami understands that, and and uh, you know they're going to do what they can to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I think they finally decided you got to
2: spend money to make money, right? You can't, you know, and listen, this program, they've won national championships before in a different era because, you know, to win titles in the 80s, 90s, even 2001, it just it didn't take the same sort of financial commitment it does today. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the transfer portal. Uh, I know, I know. There's one guy uh, who could who could be in play for the Canes. You wrote about him today. Uh, transfer from UCLA, edge rusher. I may butcher his last name, so I apologize. Uh, Mitchell Agude. Uh, tell me about this player and uh, and if he's got Miami as a finalist. Do you think the Canes could land this guy?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, second team All pack 12 selection uh, by the coaches over in that conference. A guy that can definitely get after the quarterback. I think he had you know six and a half tackles for loss, a couple sacks last year for UCLA, playing more of an outside linebacker. I think Miami views him as more of a true defensive end. Uh, you know, just kind of watching three spring practices, it does seem like, you know, they can maybe use an extra body over there to compete with Jafari Harvey, Chance Williams, Elijah Roberts, and those guys. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, he that is encouraging. Uh, Miami's definitely a finalist for him. He has he already took official visits to Oregon and Washington. Uh, right after Miami, he's going to take an official visit over to, to Tennessee in early April. I, I'd imagine that um, you know, a decision should come shortly after that. But, yeah, that's the big transfer target to know right now. You know, with the transfer portal after spring, I think there could be another wave like we saw maybe towards the end of the college football season and and in bowl season. So I think there's going to be a chance for Miami to go after a couple more guys once uh, there's a better understanding if there's any other guys looking to, to find new spots. I think that there's a few places that Miami can definitely upgrade the roster. I think that people in Fort Gables would agree with that as well. So um we'll definitely see how it goes there. But I wouldn't expect Mitchell Gude to be the – the last transfer they target
2: okay I like that we're joined here by Gabby Arudia inside the uh, covers recruiting for 24-7 sports uh talk to me about what you've seen and heard from spring practice so far uh any anyone uh really stood out and and any of uh, the coaches who have spoken really stand out
3: yeah I mean uh definitely a few guys stood out uh, I mean I'm looking at the tight end room and You know, really, it's spring, and there's a lot of guys that are maybe missing time right now. Um, You know, I don't think the team's fully healthy in a full go right now, but, I mean, I'm really encouraged about what the tight ends look like. Uh, You know, I think Will Mallory deciding to come back and come back to Miami for a fifth year is going to end up paying off big time. I think he's someone that's really ready to take that next step. I think Elijah Arroyo, the you know, a second-year freshman out of – out of Texas, who was a big-time tight end recruit. He seems like he's ready to take the next step. He kind of, uh, he kind of ran into uh, Jafari Harvey, you know, on a blocking drill and just kind of stood him right up. I think Elijah Royal is the guy that's going to help big time. So definitely excited about the tight ends. I mean, quarterback room looks like – honestly, uh, I mean, I can't say I'm super familiar with every single quarterback situation in the country, but, man, I can't, I can't imagine there's many quarterback rooms, uh, you know, that people would take over Miami. I mean, with Tyler Van Dyke coming back, you know, kind of being there – Jay Garcia healthy and spinning the ball around. I mean, freshman Jakari Brown, just, you know, he doesn't look like – he doesn't look lost. He definitely looks like he belongs in college football every bit of uh, 6'4". Oh, definitely over 200 pounds by now. I think he's he's a guy that, you know, Miami has to be really excited about for, you know, a couple years down the line. So, I mean, you have to feel really, really good about the receiver room. And, you know, definitely some spots on defense that, you know, maybe – you know, with like the same positions that struggled. You know, linebacker I think could be better. Uh, defensive line I think you know it's one of those things that outside of Leonard Taylor, uh, definitely a few guys who have the potential to step up. And quarterbacks, and a couple of those guys are definitely making plays. I think to Corey Couch is a guy that definitely stood out to me over the course of the first three spring practices. But hey, uh, pads come on on Tuesday morning when they get rolling on Green Tree, so everything gets a little bit. This, everyone, everything's a little different when the pads come on. So excited to see what what else is going on this week. No doubt about that, and I, I totally agree on Jukuri
2: Brown. I, I hadn't had a chance to get out there in person, but I was watching some videos uh, of quarterback drills, you know, before spring break, and I just like I he he doesn't look like an 18-year-old. Like he the, the guy's gigantic. And listen, I you know it's more of a commentary just on him looking the part because his actual arm didn't look that great yet there's a lot of development to be done there but he, right. he looks he looks every bit of a guy who could play quarterback in college football so I'm, I'm excited to see what he turns into and I think you're spot on with the quarterback room right and listen I, I don't I, I don't have the uh, the wherewithal at this moment to compare Miami's quarterback room to the rest of the country but even like in the ACC you just look in the coastal like within the you know since last year a couple of you know NFL caliber quarterbacks are, are, are leaving the program with Sam Howell Gone and uh, and Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, so I I think Miami with Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia, if necessary, and Ja'Curry Brown, if necessary, are probably in the best spot in the conference.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely some big time arms. I mean, Devin Leary probably is someone that you know people are really high on. Brandon Armstrong, I think, might be one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the entire country. I think he's I think he's awesome, and he's going back to Virginia. So you know, definitely some arms there. But man, I'm just talking top to bottom uh you know Miami has to just be feeling really good about what they have now in Tyler Van Dyke and you know you're just projecting 3 4 years down the line and uh you know you obviously got to continue to recruit them you got to continue to bring in top arms but but man if you you have you have to feel pretty good about Miami's situation for you know the foreseeable future with those guys in place
2: yeah no very very well said make sure you follow Gabby on Twitter at gabby urudia 247 uh, follow his work on 24-7 sports on the Through the Smoke pod and Storm Search pod. Gabby, can't thank you enough for taking some time, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I enjoy enjoy watching those pads come on at spring ball. Let's get it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Donna. Good stuff there, man. Gabby always brings – that's a lot of info and a lot of good info. Gabby always brings it strong. Uh, at around 7 o'clock, we're going to talk with Jazz Santana, We'll probably do a little bit even more of a, of a deeper dive on basketball with Jazz when he joins us. But, man, when we come back, I want to read some texts, want to read some tweets. You guys can get after me on Twitter as well. Uh, at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D O N N O. If you don't mind, hit the follow button as well. And also follow my dude, Sports Bomber. Sports Bomber, what's your Twitter handle so people can throw you in the convo as well? At 305 Sports Bomber. Beautiful. I knew it was something Sports Bomber, but I want to butcher it. And yeah, you can get out of stay a night on the Kendall Toyota and West Kendall Toyota text line at 305-567-0560. That's 305-567-0560. Ooh, I can't speak today. 305-567-0560. We'll be back here on the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560 Sports, WQAM.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?